This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi guys, welcome to the brand new episode of the Passion People podcast. Today's podcast is about Monish. This episode in so many ways is a reminder for us. It is a reminder that you can accomplish and do whatever you set your mind to regardless of your age. Monish's story is a trailblazing example of how small nudges in one's childhood can transform someone. Monish, who's 18 years old, is one of the youngest computer scientists working in the field of deep learning, cognitive computing and cloud computing. Let's welcome Monish. Hey Moneshwaran, uh, thank you so much for uh, you know for being on the Passion People podcast. You have the distinction of being uh, the youngest person that I am interviewing, so I'm very very excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's it's really impressive that you're doing something that could impact the lives of people. I'm really really happy to share my point of view. And I'm sure uh, you know a lot of people would want to listen to you. So uh, do you want to uh, do you want to do a quick intro for our listeners? Sure. Uh, my, my name is Monishwaran and uh, I'm a high school student and uh, I began exploring technology when I was just three years old. Uh, I, with the help of my father, would open up home appliances just to look inside and see how they function. And believe me, it was worth the risk of getting electrocuted. Then uh, a couple so of... So is it safe to say that uh, technology is your passion? Yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, th- th- you could put it in uh, the simple sentence. Or uh, more specifically, I like to build and uh, make machines that not only help change uh, the way we live, but also think and uh, work creatively. Okay. So uh, what I do is uh, I make uh, what do you say uh, software mm-hmm. or applications and also build machines, and uh, that could solve our problems. Okay. So what what uh, uh, do you want to just roll back the clock and go back to uh, sure. your uh, three-year-old self opening up those appliances? So I, with the help of my father, would open up home appliances and uh, believe me, it was worth the risk of getting electrocuted. Uh, uh, when I was about uh, around uh, uh, five or six, I set up my I set up a lab in my home. So uh, my brother and I would uh, cr- do weird experiments in the lab. There was one time when we tried to cook stuff. So we tried cooking, uh, what do you say, uh, uh, vegetables and boiled rice using just small teacups and oil lamps. So it was kind of like uh, a small, uh, we say, uh, a small hidden place where we could conduct a weird stuff and also, we say, make something that would bring bring out joy for us. Uh, many weird experiments were conducted, and one of them was, uh, we say, uh, opening devices, and the other one was also fixing devices and. Uh, we would uh, open appliances mm. and just look inside. And uh, we also, what do you say, made stuff. And uh, we made stuff like uh, washing machines that ran and they, that worked. And we used to put in, put in clothes and uh, it would wash clothes. And not really, really uh, wash clothes well, but uh, they did work and uh, it was it was pretty fun. In fact, How old were you when you built this washing machine? Uh, I was around, uh, what do you say, six or seven. Wow. And uh, it was really interesting experience. There was one time when my mother challenged me to fix her uh, cassette tape, and uh, up I was <laughs> opening it uh, with a with a makeshift screwdriver from a knife. 
so uh, the pointy end would be used to open up the screws and uh, and it was pretty easy there was a, a single connection was uh, what do you say uh, was uh, misplaced and uh, and i had to what do you say solder it back and it ran like and sang beautifully and uh, it really paved a path for me to what do you say fix stuff and uh, also also i like to make stuff as well uh, there was one time when it was summer and it was really hot in those days uh, 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 my house was uh, pretty small and it, it used to be really, really hot. We didn't have a central air conditioning system. And so uh, I, I, I went around and I bought a cardboard box and I, I took some ice from the refrigerator and I put a fan in front of the ice and I put it all in a box and ma made a little bit of holes and perforation. And up it was uh, cooling the room and uh, it really, really reduced the, uh, what do you say, heat stress on, on us. Uh, I was soon pro popular. Uh, after this became a success and uh, uh, people used to call me the mad scientist too. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm really stressing on how they used to call me and it was pretty fun. Uh, and um, uh, my mother used to get calls, uh, 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 go to go to Ravi's house, he, uh, his, uh, what do you say, toy car is not working, uh, help fix it or uh, go to uh, her house and uh, what do you say, uh, uh, do, do some tweaking on the radio so that it, it functions again. Uh -huh. And it was really, really interesting experience. And I used to carry the small screwdriver around in my pocket. And uh, I was I was small at the time, and even the small screwdriver looked really, really big in, a, <laughs> in my tiny pocket. And it was it's such an interesting experience. And it did pave a path for me to we say explore technology and build something that would help the humankind. Okay. Uh, then I was introduced to uh, programming, and uh, that really set off something in me. So. Uh, uh, by age eight, I was fluent in nearly three programming languages, uh, Lego, uh, C++, and QBasic. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, one time, uh, I scored really, really low in my English test. And uh, this bothered me. So I could go back to book and start reading it. But that, that was kind of boring. And uh, or I could ask my mother to teach me. But uh, that, again, would be a little more... Uh, stressful because she she used to be really really angry those times and she used to hit me if I don't understand and uh, so I wanted a different uh, path and uh, uh, make sure that I learn differently and I also gain knowledge the way uh, differently basically so I built an application mm -hmm. on uh, uh, on the computer and it would uh, we say notify me about a new vocabulary so uh, every this day, is how long ago and this was in, when I was eight years old. Almost 10 years ago. Yeah, almost 10 so years ago. So basically you built like a GRE or a GMAT vocabulary app yeah, in yeah. your computer <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, Let me just take a moment to process that. <laughs> you could say that. But uh, it really, really, uh, what do you say, uh, influenced me. And uh, I did uh, score a, uh, enormous, uh, enormously better in uh, the next English test. I scored a lot, lot better. And uh, I want to do something more like this so that I could benefit myself from using technology. And uh, but that all changed when I was in tenth grade. So what happened in tenth grade was uh, I, I witnessed an uh, accident of a visually impaired person. Okay. And uh, it was uh, really really uh, sad to see uh, what do you say uh, primitive instruments used by visually impaired people to 
to uh, navigate. navigate around this is stick right like that's what most people yeah. use people use stick and uh, that that is really primitive you just you just tap on something and you get a audio audio or uh, what do you say uh, a tactile feedback right? right but we could change that using technology so what i did was um, uh, a couple of years ago i was introduced to machine learning mm. and uh, initially i built an app a machine learning app a chatbot basically i called it saucy and it would interact with me it was a companion and it would it would crack jokes and it would it would tell me math and i could do interesting stuff with it but uh, when was this this was when i was uh, in uh, i mean uh, around ninth grade so 3 4 years back yeah around around 3 4 years back and uh, that, that's when i was introduced to machine learning and it was a pretty interesting uh, uh, we say technology so right. i thought why could I, why not use that technology basically a machine doing what humans could do right mm-hmm. so why not use machine learning to help guide the visually impaired people right so uh, what i did was uh, if i can just stop you for a minute for uh, all of our um, listeners who are uh, who are listening to ai machine learning or deep learning uh, can you just explain to us what uh, what the difference essentially is between so i i know that uh, um machine learning uh, is a is a way of enabling ai i know that deep learning is a subset of machine learning correct but can you just split all of these things explain it and then get sure, back sure sure artificial intelligence is like a broad topic and uh, it's what the common uh, people would use the ordinary people uh, so uh, basically if a person says that a mo- machine is doing something and doing that a human could do and you could say that it is kind of simulating what a human person human mind works and uh, that's when artificial intelligence comes right so a machine is thinking like a human you're mm. providing what do you say a common sense basically right. so that's when according to for a layman artificial intelligence is everything machine mm. learning deep learning everything basically right if a machine could think like a human but uh, if for computer engineers or computer scientists uh, machine learning artificial intelligence is a really broad topic right so uh, you could uh, machine learning again a broad topic uh consists of various fields you have uh, you have deep learning technology you have uh, other other technologies as well so uh, more focus is done on deep learning right now because deep learning is what is what is what is used uh, mostly because uh, they use some called neural nets and uh, neural nets are basically you can think of them as miniature uh, neurons that are present in your brain Right. right so basically it's simulating how a neuron works on a machine okay so that is what deep learning means so basically you're building neural neural nets you're basically building a couple of neurons on your computer and you're you're arranging them in a specific pattern and and they work and they you get a, a, a approximate result right and how is machine learning uh, different from a regular software program so basically machine learning basically means that uh, you have something called as prediction so how normal software works everything is done manually right mm-hmm. you click a button and it does something you click another button it does another thing right, right. but say you have machine learning it says you click one button and it does everything that uh, that you would do in by clicking each and everything right so let me let me make it much more clearer let's say uh, let me give another simple analogy So let's say uh, you're making uh, you're making pizza, right? So you would uh, put in uh, what do you say sausages, a cheese, everything, right? And uh, you, uh, let's say you're making this pizza on a computer and you're designing a pizza. So you would click click uh, you keep adding it. 
but uh, yeah, that is done manually you click you keep clicking but uh, using machine learning you could what do you say modulated to your taste so i want a pizza and you click one button and it's going to tell you what kind of pizza you like right so basically you're predicting what you're going to do mm. so that is the basic difference between a machine learning application and a software application got it okay so you were talking uh, to us about uh, the uh, visually impaired uh, yes. accident that you witnessed the accident on the visually impaired person yeah so uh, yeah, i came across this accident uh, i was walking down the road uh, coming back to my home mm-hmm. from my school and i witnessed an accident of a visually impaired impaired person and this really bothered me i mean uh, they use they using they still use like primitive instruments like what do you say sticks that uh, that you use uh, to get tactile feedback or noise and based on that you predict and you go around and this is re- this is really elementary so why not use machine learning to help guide the visually impaired mm. why can't we use technology to, to change the lives of the visually impaired community mm. so i hopped onto my computer thought about it for a while so i came up with this uh, really really uh, interesting uh, apparatus so what it does is it ta- it has kinds of really really simple uh, items it contains a raspberry pi it contains a camera and it contains an earphone Oh, so it, it, you built it on the Pi then? Yeah, on the Pi. So the camera would scan the environment and it would uh, notify the user using natural language uh, directly uh, through the earpiece and it would say if there's any impending danger, uh, impending danger. And it would warn the uh, visually impaired uh, if, if there's any, uh, what do you say, uh, a traffic or, uh, or uh, there's a pothole next to them. So in a way, you're actually providing auditory feedback about the surrounding and it is done through natural language which means a person is actually saying to you so basically for example if there is a pothole in front of me it would say there's a pothole in 5 meters in in quotation and it, it really paved a path for me to use technology to improve the lives of people so uh, and this is already live people are using this yeah it became really success among the visually impaired people and a lot of people are uh, really interested and uh, it, it does take a time for them to adjust to new new technology right. but one if 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 this technology is given to a person who's really young right mm-hmm. i mean who who's not used to any what is it tactile feedback or uh, what is it walking stick or right. or guided dogs then uh, this could really hit off because uh, the moment you start learning from the beginning you get used to it right and uh, you become more familiar with it and it becomes really really easy for the visually impaired people to adjust to technology god that's uh, awesome thank you another project that i've been working on is called the neural connect okay. so what it does is uh, basically have uses deep learning technology to decipher your brain waves so what happens is uh, your brain contains billions of neurons right? right and whenever you're doing a task you these synapses fire and you do a task and uh, when you are doing a particular task you emit a certain brain wave so it's basically um, uh, if you put an your brain what do you say uses electrical impulses to communicate so uh, you put a, what do you say uh, a eeg headset on uh, on your head and you place and place the electrodes and you uh, what do you say analyze the brain waves using deep learning technology and after you analyze them uh, based on that uh, data you can predict what the person is thinking or the, what, what the person is going to do so this uh, uh, really really what do you say uh, uh, increases the potential for uh, improvement of uh, what do you say uh, of people's life 
people who are uh, or differently able. So, for example, let's say a person couldn't speak; he has a speech impediment. So, this technology could be used to, what you say, de- decipher what, the, what is going on in his language section of the brain, right? And uh, it could speak for the person as well. See, Stephen Hawking used a, a device that would speak for him, right? Right. But he used it a muscle in his cheek to select words manually from a computer. And that would be, what do you say, sent to an auditor, what do you say, and uh, to speaker, and right. it, it would speak for him. Right. But he still used it manually. He moved his cheek to, to select word. Right. So that technology is not needed anymore. We could use deep learning technology to, to decipher what was going on in his mind. And this technology would speak for him well as well. Wow. Sounds right out of, you know, a sci-fi movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, you mean, you you get a lot of inspiration watching sci-fi movies as well, right? Right. I mean, yeah, a couple of projects uh, of mine could be, what do you say? I could say a couple of projects of mine was, uh, I was inspired by several movies. For example, I wanted to build, what do you say, an Iron Man suit when I was in (laughs) 8th standard or something. Okay. And it was pretty interesting, but it did end disastrously for me because I couldn't get the parts. And uh, and uh, getting high voltage is really issue because right. um, uh, I wanted to uh, what do you say create plasma in air. You need very very high voltage, and it's really really dangerous. And uh, I was afraid I might I might I might uh, what do you say uh, yeah, break the fuse or uh, put put the whole section of my neighborhood out of electricity. <laughs> so it was very uh, dangerous. Okay, and. Uh, uh, like I said before, uh, the Neural Connect uh, it was a really, really interesting project for me. And it was a project that I've been working on for a very long time. Okay. And uh, this project would help uh, the people. In fact, all my projects are focused on one thing, improving the lives of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to use technology the way of, uh, people have never used before. I wanted to combine humans and machines so that they could, we say, live off each other. It's like a symbiotic relationship. And... That's how it, it needs to be. You need to use machines, and machines needs to help us. And, right. uh, and using that, we could accomplish what we thought we could we could never accomplish. Right. And uh, uh, there was another moment in my life where uh, uh, it was a turning point. So uh, when I was in eleventh standard, uh, I I got accepted to a program at Harvard University. Okay. And I built an application. I, I uh, what do you say? I under the guidance of a Harvard professor, I found several interesting mathematical theorems. And if you wow. see, uh, math is present everywhere, right? Down to the level of atomic scale, math is everywhere. Even even the audio that I'm speaking is done could be represented using mathematics equation. Really? Yeah. Oh. See, uh, well, the thing is, uh, uh, sound waves. Uh, travel longitudinally so uh, uh, they are a wave right so a wave can be represented using equation everything can be represented using mathematics and uh, even sound waves can be represented any way even light can be represented using mathematics okay and uh, it's really uh, what you say mathematics is present everywhere if you see uh, the the petals uh, they follow a specific pattern called Fibonacci series right so, is that the same as the golden ratio or is that something different Oh uh, no, golden ratio is uh, okay. different. Uh, uh, Fibonacci is the number of petals, right? right. So Fibonacci is like one, one, one three, two, 
three, five. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh. So it's a really interesting. So I I found uh, several interesting mathematical summation identities, mm-hmm. and um, the paper was later published by the Harvard Math in the Harvard Math uh, website. Wow! And uh, congratulations. That, thank you. And uh, that really paved a path for me to what you say use math. and see math everywhere mm. so i could i could now see math everywhere and also like a curtain moving also could be representing using a math equation right? right so why not use math to improve our lives as well mm-hmm. so if you combine math if you see even even machine learning or deep learning algorithm there is math inside it there's math and statistics there. yeah exactly uh-huh. so use math use computers combine both and help our lives so that really impresses impressively like how math is present everywhere okay uh a, a couple of years ago i was uh, i was uh, or, uh i witnessed an incident and um, it was the early demise of my grandmother okay and uh, she was suffering from a neurological condition and uh, and her early demise wa- was due to uh, uh, a late diagnosis of this neurological condition and this really bothered me so millions of people a diary year because of late diagnosis right it's really really a horrible thing so why not curb this issue why not help patients and why not help uh, people diagnose patients early and then we can increase the lifespan so i i collaborated with nimhans and uh, i built an application that would help in the early diagnosis of uh, schizophrenia and parkinsons wow and also als or uh, motor neuron disease so uh, what it does is uh, normally let's take an example of uh, schizophrenia itself it takes nearly 10 years for the actual symptoms to appear and it uh, takes for the 10 years for the symptoms to become really worse so if you catch the disease early it could provide treatment for the disease and uh, a person could survive for a longer time right so why not help in this help uh, why not help in healthcare and use technology to help in the early diagnosis of neurological conditions and uh, uh, how it does is uh, how we do is we take a scan and uh, there might be minus what do you say inaccuracies in the scan so we use uh, uh, deep learning technology again to what do you say find out what the problem is and uh, and normally a physician might miss a small or you say uh, inconsistency in the scan and uh, but the machines don't make mistakes right so we can use machines to figure out what's going on in a person's uh, uh, brain scan and uh, help in uh, early uh, diagnosis of this disease and uh, it was a really interesting project and uh, i did learn a lot and i and uh, this really and this project is currently now in clinical trials so soon maybe in a couple of years you might find this technology or you might find your doctor using this technology to diagnose you that's awesome <laughs> so that was a interesting project and uh, like i said before i love to combine humans and machines and I believe machines is the future and combining humans and machines is the only way we could move forward because one point initially we 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 built the uh, since the dawn of time we built uh, or you say we found the uh, we discovered the wheel and that set off something then we discovered uh, coal and that set off something right we discovered computers and that set off something and now we what you say 
we invented uh, machine learning and other we say other uh, uh, cognitive we say uh, applications and uh, this is going to set up something right and soon we're going to use computers to help us but uh, you you might you might notice uh, um, so you can't really trust some people might be skeptical about trusting a machine in healthcare right mm-hmm. but uh, i believe that deep learning has its biggest impact in healthcare and why do i say this mainly because a huge amount of data healthcare produces every year right huge amount of data and uh, this data could is astronomical there's an increase uh, astronomical increase in in this healthcare data every year in fact you could produce a huge amount of data in your whole lifetime and you could use this data and you might be suffering from disease and you could use this data to predict for another person early of what disease he is suffering from right right so that's one of the reasons why i believe deep learning has its highest impact in healthcare got it so uh, you were also talking about uh, a bl- uh, blood analysis uh, machine that you were working on yes uh, well uh, a recent project of mine well uh, what happens is that uh, uh, let's say uh, there's a, a patient suffering from cancer so normally a patient has to visit a doctor and he gets diagnosed of cancer really sad and he comes back then he goes for chemotherapy then he comes back and uh, chemotherapy uh, reduces the white blood cell count because it's a, it's a toxin and it kills cells right so it's going to reduce the wbc count and uh, that's really sure that because low wbc count means you're vulnerable to diseases and that could be fatal if if it's not caught earlier so a person needs to reg- regularly check his wbc count after he does chemotherapy while he's doing chemotherapy as well and uh, he needs to keep make sure that his wbc count is Uh, is kept at a cor- correct rate otherwise uh, he could uh, be vulnerable to really really deadly disease in fact a common cold could kill him so uh, what this does is uh, this system uh, i worked on uh, 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 recently and uh, what it does it connects to uh, two separate devices components and uh, you have a slider basically uh, it you could you could imagine as a slide and it contains uh, what is say uh, important stains and other stuff that would require to stain the blood and uh, uh, the person would take a lancet and he would uh, puncture his finger and he would put a drop of blood onto the slide and uh, put that into another cubicle machine a really really uh, a cheap machine and uh, here and the machine would directly send the blood results directly to the uh, user's phone and it's going to tell him everything rbc's wbc count uh, rbc count and uh, that really what he say helps helps him because he's no longer going to visit the hospital every time while he's doing chemotherapy and uh, it's going to really help him save money as well because uh, healthcare is really costly right now yeah. and a lot of people don't even go to hospitals because of the cost And, and you were also talking about how, uh, how how does this happen how does this just happen okay, right yes. now so normally uh, what a person does how wbc count uh, wbc is accounted so normally uh, a lab technician takes your blood he adds some dilution fluid to it makes it di- a little diluted and then he adds it to a hemocytometer and then he adds a stain and then he puts calcium on puts it under a microscope and then manually counts it 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he counts manually. Oh, man. Then he puts that number into an equation. And then the result is uh, uh, analyzed and it's sent to the doctor. You see, the, the whole process is manual. Everything he does is manual. And he has to do it carefully. If he punctures himself, he could, uh, what he said, what he said, get infected by some disease that uh, the other person suffering from. And uh, there are cases where this has happened, right? A person, uh, what he say, uh, is suffering from another disease and he punctures himself and there is, what he say, uh, complications. And uh, the whole thing is man, man process and the lab technician might do something wrong or the results could go, what he say, bad. So uh, this really bothered me. What uh, the system I created does is uh, it connects a microscope inside a cubicle chamber and it has a couple of servo motors and other stuff so that it gets aligned. Uh, so um, the, the slider contains everything, uh, uh, what do you say, the dilution fluid, the stain, everything. And the person punctures the skin, puts a drop of blood onto the slide and it gets, uh, what do you say, mixed with all components and the result is like magic. You, you, you put blood, uh, you put a drop of blood onto the slide, send it into the machine, and you get the results on your app. You don't need to go to the hospital. You don't need to wait in line. You don't need to pay. You don't need to worry about the guy <laughs> counting the count wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so every, the whole process is automated. And uh, this process, uh, this uh, technology, this system is currently in clinical trials. And in a couple of years, it's going to be on the market. And you can buy it. And you can... You can uh, uh, you, even send the blood report directly to the doctor wow. and the best part is it's going to be affordable my main aim is to provide affordable healthcare to everyone because healthcare healthcare is really costly right now and a lot of people don't even go to hospitals because they're worried that they might spend a lot right. on healthcare right and that's and that's one issue we need to solve and uh, my aim is to provide affordable healthcare to people all around the world and and I hope to do so soon. That's awesome. So, uh, what what drives you? Uh, it's uh, it's very it's very difficult to come across people who say that I want to have a larger impact on society, or I want to have my work to impact the lives of people. Everyone is generally more focused on themselves, and they're more worried about how do I use this to enrich me, right? So, what what makes you? Uh, uh, think on the other side and uh, you know look at things from a broader perspective uh, well uh, what I believe is whatever I do needs to have an impact in another person's life that's the whole thing the thing is normally like you said uh, people are self-centered they want to improve themselves they want to become rich but that's where they are wrong they should not be focused on themselves they need to help others they need to help the persons in need and you need to bring out something of you into another person so that there's a common development and if, if there's a common development everyone is going to be happy the whole population is going to increase its uh, intelligence and everyone's going to live longer they're going to be smarter and uh, they're going to what do you say feel content and that's what drives me every time i get up in the morning i say to myself have i done something that has impacted the life of another person right right so that's what drives me i have a compulsive drive to make people happy to say that or uh, i have a, 
uh, have an impact on people yeah I want, i want to have an impact on people i want to do something for the people right i want to make sure that i bring out the usefulness of technology and put them put that in their lives so that there's a common growth all over the world that's amazing so you're here at 17 yes so uh, and uh, uh, so what what's going on in your life currently apart from uh, changing the world <laughs> Well, uh, I've been, uh, what do you say, uh, focused on my high school studies. I'm currently 12th grader and uh, I do study. And, uh, <laughs> Are you sure you have time for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I normally get up at 4.30 a.m. and uh, and I go for, uh, uh, I run. <laughs> okay. So it kind of, uh, what do you say, gives me, uh, what do you say, uh, improves my health you could say or my okay. my workout but uh i really it is really important to actually go out and uh, have a run or do something or connect with nature right so that uh, you could get inspiration from nature right you could see water you could see blue stuff and that's going to help you because uh you could see you could see water water takes the shape of anything right, right? you put water into a flask it's going to take the shape of a flask you put water into a cup it's going to take the shape of a cup right so you you can learn from nature you can learn that you need to be adaptable right versatile yeah exactly and uh, that's that's one of the main things that you could learn from nature because nature has evolved right nature has evolved basically humans have also evolved we have learned from our past mistakes so why not learn from nature as well right. learn what nature did that we couldn't do mm-hmm. right so that's that's a really good uh, way to clear your mind as well so i like to take a good walk around the neighborhood see greenery okay and, stuff. and it really inspires me mm-hmm. it, i and uh, a lot of inspiration from my projects come from nature okay and uh, that's one of the key points that no- normal people don't do what about the uh, the rest of your day okay uh well <laughs> i go to college and uh, uh and i uh, and i go to this idj coaching which means uh, the best part of idj coaching integrated basically is uh, you you finish all your studies before four and after four you are completely free really yeah that sounds too chill for idj <laughs> coaching <laughs> i mean you do some people do study do stretch for to some time but uh, it's a, that's the whole point of integrated that's the reason i took integrated mm-hmm. because i could be free and it concentrate on other projects after four or five and uh, i have been doing that since 11th grade and, okay uh, so are you going to join an iit or what's what's well, your plan uh, <laughs> well uh, 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 my parents uh, believe that i need to go concentrate on iit and uh, although uh, i wanted to pursue my undergraduation in uh, us okay. or uk so that uh, because i'm more of research inclined okay. and uh, the uh, and us universities have uh, really good uh, what is it research facilities okay. and in fact i'm also uh, i have also experienced uh, what you say what uh, education is like in the us mainly because of my summer program that i did at harvard at harvard university mm-hmm. and the research that i did and uh, i find that environment more comforting and uh, it gives me uh, what you say happiness and it could <laughs> and it inspires me i like to what you say um, spend my time around over there and uh, work under our uh, world renowned faculties and i india is also a really good place to 
do research in the Institute of Science are really good. Mm-hmm. I, I did give my KVPY exam. Okay. And hopefully the results are good. <laughs> okay. And if I do get ISC, I might go for in the Institute of Science. This is right, right around where we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So, in the Institute of Science would be a good choice because I'm more research inclined. That's awesome. Man, I, I'm just wondering where uh, where I would be in case I had the kind of uh, drive and uh, talent that uh, the, that you embody. And it's been it's been such a such a lovely conversation. Uh, you know, just hearing you and uh, getting to know your story. In uh, in case there are uh, uh, there are listeners who who want to reach out to you mm-hmm. because they want to learn more about AI or because they want to you know get in touch with you for your healthcare projects. Or just, just want to say hi, right? Uh, do you think it would be okay if they could reach out to you on your email? And sure, stuff? sure. So I I'll, I can put out the uh, details of your mail or your contact information on the show notes. Also, so, uh, if uh, students are out there who want to learn uh, machine learning, uh-huh. they could go for, uh, <coughs> see, there, there are many courses currently offered by very eminent universities on edX, which is free, by the way. Uh-huh. You could uh, audit the course, which is free, you could learn whatever you want. But uh, for for getting a certificate, you need you do need to pay a certain uh, fee. Uh, the best part is, uh, in fact, I worked on a course on edX, and I collaborated with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and uh, under the guidance of a professor, I provided uh, uh, programs and uh, course content, such as questions on the MIT MITx six point oh oh point two x course. So if you do like uh, machine learning, in fact, that course would be a really, really good choice because it focuses on data science. Okay. Uh, naive question on uh, on these technologies, right? So what is data science and how is it different from uh, AI machine learning or deep learning? And how is data science and data linked to uh, the success of uh, any of these technologies? Sure. Uh, data science is basically a very broad topic. And what you do is you analyze data. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's statistics, and you use machines to analyze statistics. You find you do linear regression, you do other uh, interesting uh, statistical options, and you learn from data. And um, again, uh, machine learning uses data science. So basically, you're analyzing data in machine learning also. And uh, deep learning, again, a subset of machine learning, where you, where you build neural nets and you, what you say, construct other uh, uh, networks that uh, could predict what's going to happen. And uh, again, machine learning is a broad topic and uh, computer vision is another topic that is again a subset of machine learning and where you you train computers to recognize certain images or objects. And computer computer vision just does just that. In fact, your OCR Mm -hmm. uses computer vision. But that's a primitive application of exactly, computer vision. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, computer vision. In fact, uh, the project that I discussed before, uh, it's called the Assistive Technology for the Visually Impaired. Uh-huh. And it's a paper. And uh, I, it was made a paper after I built the application. And it uses computer vision to recognize signs and warn the visually impaired about any impending danger. Right. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh man, like this our entire conversation has been like it's been so, so so motivating and so so moving for me, right? So I always say, uh, and I'm sure my listeners would be tired of hearing this, but I always say that I'm the biggest beneficiary of my podcast because I get to meet people as cool <laughs> as you, and uh, you know, and and that's the best part of it, right? You know, while I know that it's uh, it's it's about this larger purpose and getting out these stories. The beauty of doing this is that you know I, I get to personally interact and meet people like you. So I think uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, and 
you're, you're a multiple time TEDx speaker. Sure. You're going to be speaking uh, more about these technologies and AI in London. You are applying to colleges in the US. Is there anything that you don't do? Like, man, <laughs> how do you? Like, oh my God. <laughs> That's just fantastic. Thank you. Well, uh, I do like to uh, play music. I, okay. mean, uh, I, I play the piano. Okay. And that's one way I cool myself and uh, the music relaxes me. Okay. Because uh, math is involved in piano as well. <laughs> so when you press a key, you have a certain frequency of uh, better vibrating, right? And uh, deconstruct a piano, every key is half step basically, which means it's uh, uh, 12th root of 2, I think, of the pre- times the previous frequency. Wow. So you multiply with that and you get the next frequency and then you get the next frequency and so on. My goodness. <laughs> and uh, and the middle C is around 255 hertz, I think. And, uh, and, and everything is based on multiplying that with 12th root of 2 and so on. Wow. So everywhere is math involved. So even if you are, what do you say, making music, mm-hmm. chords, right? You build, chords are basically three keys pressed uh, three three uh, steps. Uh, okay, let me break it down a little more. You you uh, click the first uh, first key, then you move three steps, which means you move three keys next, and then you press the second key. Then you move two more keys, and then you, right. So you have a ratio of three to two, mm. and you, you press that, and you get a beautiful sound. What do you get a beautiful sound? Because you press that in a specific ratio of right. three to two. So that's a major chord. Three to two ratio is a major chord. And if you want a sad, a more, what do you say, more calm, or you, you inverse it. Yeah, two is three. three. That's the so, minor chord. Yeah, so opposite of the major chord, by just replacing the ratio, reversing the ratio, you get a sad song. Happiness, sad, opposite of each other, by just reversing the ratio. Wow. So math is involved everywhere. That's the beauty of mathematics. Mathematics is a universal language of humankind. And of nature. Exactly. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, Moneshwaran, uh, in, in closing, uh, how does it feel to be featured on the um, Passion People podcast? Well, it's, it's an honor for me. It, uh, I learned a lot from you. I mean, it, it's a really, really, uh, what do you say, interesting conversation that we had. And uh, this is one of the first uh, different kind of uh, things that I did in my life. And I hope to be on your show again, <laughs> maybe some of the time, <laughs> maybe with a better, broader perspective. Uh, I would I would definitely love that and uh, you know thank you so much for making time and uh, coming all the way here it's it's been a wonderful conversation uh, thank you so much thank you